Charlotte Sports Live. Three days and counting until this guy and the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets come to Spartanburg. The final week of Panthers training camp is officially underway tonight. Welcome to Charlotte Sports Live. I'm Michael Set. Your Carolina Panthers get tomorrow off, and then it is back to work Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday before Saturday's preseason debut against New York. But before we can talk about that, front office made a big move today. Four-time Pro Bowl linebacker Justin Houston doesn't have a problem. He's coming to Carolina on a reported one-year deal. Houston had nine-and-a-half sacks in Baltimore last year. Even at the age of 34, his addition adds another dominant pass rusher opposite Brian Burns. So big signing for the Panthers, and it was another big day at training camp. Carly Gephardt gave McDonald recap practice number nine. Yeah, that's right, Mike. We're kind of braving the elements this afternoon, right? We've <laughs> yeah. had the rain, the sun, the heat, a little bit of everything. And uh, certainly the Panthers are glad that they wrapped up practice a little bit earlier this morning. Uh, and we saw a little bit of everything at practice today. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more situational football, which was kind of interesting. Yeah. A little bit more of a scrimmage as well. Um, but what were some major takeaways for you? Pretty much just, you know, the defense obviously had another pretty solid day. And you mentioned the situational periods. They had some, some quick game. They had some where they were backed up on the one-yard line going out. But my personal favorite part of practice, they had a very spirited kind of overtime goal line period. It was live the first time we saw guys to the ground. And the defense won that day. I mean, uh, won that period. You had Brian Burns getting some pressure. The defensive line really getting back there, forcing a lot of throwaways. And that's really what we've seen the past couple of days in camp. The defense really kind of getting up to speed. And that's normally how things are in the preseason. The defense kind of takes – it doesn't take as long for them to come together because the offense, obviously a new offense, right. is a lot more complicated as well. Yeah, and Coach Frank Wright kind of mentioned that today, saying that they're finishing up the installs on the offense. And so we are going to see maybe those up and down days continue, but that's a good thing. You want to get that yep. kind of situational football figured out at camp so that it doesn't come out in the regular yeah. season. And they've only got one more practice, actually, before the Jets come yep. into town. Another big point, very bright spot for this, this team is to look ahead to that Jets preseason for game. Sure. And Coach Frank Wright saying that Bryce Young, is going to play some time in the preseason, so fans are going to be excited yeah. about that. And I think it's going to be more so him and Matt Corral because it's like you want to see what Matt Corral can do if you do decide to move him or if you decide to keep him on the roster because we all know what Andy Dalton can do. He's been yeah. in the league since 2011. I mean, he's the elder statesman. We know what he can do, so I don't expect to see him too much in the preseason games, but you want to see Bryce out there. We want to see the real bullets fly because right now you're in you know this install phase. You know Everything is kind of you know just an adjustment period, but right. soon you're going to have another defense coming in, another defense in there. You're the number one overall pick. They're, everybody's gunning for you. So you want to be able to get the kinks out right now before you get to those real games. But it's good that he's getting a lot of experience right now. Yeah, absolutely. And another guy that is, have, has been on the sideline, at least, for some of this preseason, that is Austin Corbett, who's coming back from injury. And he's kind of got a unique perspective mm -hmm. on what he's seen from camp so far. And Grace Girl has more on that for us. Yeah, guys, so Austin Corbett has missed camp as he continues to recover from a torn ACL injury he suffered in the season finale against the Saints. Today was the first day that we have heard from him at camp. He gave us an update on his recovery and also shared some perspective on what this process has been like for the offense, especially these past couple of days as they try and work through a couple things. One of the days in camp has to be a bad day. That's training camp, right? And so you're able to learn from it. You're not going to overreact. You're not going to just do this. So we got in there, and it's never as bad as you actually think it is. Once you get in there and you watch the tape, and same thing when you come off the field from a great practice, it's never actually as good as you think. There's always something you can get better. And so the entire staff just has that mindset constantly of building guys' confidence rather than breaking them down because when you break a guy down, especially young guys trying to figure things out, 
uh, chances they'll never come back from that. And so coaches understand that, and it's, it's constantly just building confidence, understanding that we can get better. You always kind of think when you, when you see ACLs and, and, and just through, you're like, all right, that's me nine months. Um, but once you start going through it and you're doing it every single day, you don't realize just, just how long it really is and how much it honestly sucks. Um, but we're doing great. It's been, uh, it's been really solid. And finally, just being able to get back out on the field, do some little bit of position work and, and some change of direction stuff. And, and so it's, it's coming along and we're just adding more every day and kind of seeing if, you know, seeing how it reacts and just continue to go from there. And Frank Reich also spoke to Corbett's recovery earlier this week, and he said that while he is ahead of schedule, he doesn't anticipate him being ready for week one, and they definitely don't want to rush anything with this kind of injury, but that they remain optimistic. Guys, we'll send it back out to you in Spartanburg. All right, so now let's switch gears and talk about the defense and specifically the edge rusher, right? Yeah. We've heard a lot from Scott Fitterer that they're still looking for an edge rusher yeah. to go into this season. And you look at guys like Brian Burns, obviously, mm. and just what he's going to add to this. But Etor Grossmatos yeah. has to have a yes. really good year. And he actually took the podium today. Uh, had some interesting comments for us. Yeah, he did. I think being on, you know, a second-round pick, you want to see him make that leap because that's been a big question mark. We had Hassan Reddick and Brian Burns. We saw what they could do together. Last year was really just a lot more on Burns' shoulders, but each was having a solid camp. Had a would-be sack, and you know, I think he's poisoned, putting himself together to really solidify that edge on the other side, and here's what he had to say earlier today. I hear stuff from the fans. You know, I want to prove a lot of people wrong. You know, I want to be the best version of myself. So, I mean, I got social media just like everybody else. So, I mean, you see it on, on your line, on the phone, but... Um, you know, those guys aren't in the locker room and those guys aren't in the coach's office. So, um, you know, they don't see what we do every day and the work I'm putting in. So I know what I'm capable of. So, of course, E2 Gross Matos needs to have a big year, but we want to see what these receivers can do. I mean, it's a whole new look crew. Adam Thielen did have a veteran rest day today. I mean, DJ Chark said he runs like he's 26, but <laughs> he's not. So he has to have those rest days. But there's another guy in that room that we really want to see have a big year, and that's Sarah Carlson Jr. Yeah, that's right. And you actually got to go one-on-one -on -one with him at practice. You're going to see that a little bit later in the show as well, Mike. Well, guys, all I can say is time flies when you're baking in the sun. It is hard to believe, but we have just a few days left of training camp in Spartanburg. And this looks to be the most exciting week. As I mentioned earlier, Panthers are off tomorrow. Tuesday, one more solo practice. Then Wednesday and Thursday, got Aaron Rodgers and the Jets are coming to Wofford for joint practices. So the Panthers haven't come to Spartanburg every summer for the past 28 years. They have yet to wear out their welcome. Wofford. Happy to play host every August, and as I found out, there is one man who makes sure Carolina feels right at home. Every time he clocks in for work, Andy Kaya knows it's going to be a battle. It's like a game. You either win or you lose. If it looks bad, you're losing. If it looks good, you're winning. Doing that isn't easy. After all, his opponent is no slouch. Mother Nature's undefeated, as I say. But Kaya is being modest. After more than two decades as Wofford's director of athletic facilities, he's figured out all the tricks to make the fields look so darn good. It's one of the big reasons why the Panthers love coming back to Spartanburg every summer. If you want to grow grass, Andy's your guy. By this point, the 51-year-old Maine native is taking care of all 13 and a half acres a day down to a science. But he admits that wasn't always the case. In 96. Uh, I didn't know anything. That's because back then he was coming off a stint as an assistant coach with the Terriers baseball team. But what he lacked in knowledge, he more than made up for in curiosity. Hence why he believes he got the gig. If you have half a brain, you listen to everybody else and use their ideas uh, to help you. And of course, he says there's this too. I was the cheapest. 
While he's quick to make a joke at his expense, Kai is all business when it comes to his job, especially when the Panthers are in town. They just expect the highest quality that we can possibly give them. Um, my saying is that if they don't say anything, that's good. Kaya scores those days as wins. Take that, Mother Nature. Mike Lissette, Charlotte Sports Live. All right, good stuff there. Driving around Charlotte, as you saw today, was not easy this afternoon. If you're caught in storms, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That's why you also should understand why NASCAR didn't want to deal with it. There was also bad weather in Michigan today, so bad officials not only delayed the start of the Firekeepers Casino 400 by two hours, but they also put a halt to the event during the middle of the second stage. At that time, Tyler Reddick had the lead with only 74 of the 200 laps completed. The competition will resume tomorrow at noon. Well, with the addition of Justin Houston, the Panthers linebacker room getting a little bit crowded. But Etor Gross Matos feels he can still be a big contributor. Find out why next. But first, Charlotte FC giving fans something to cheer about lately with their League Cup performance. Can they advance again with another victory tomorrow night? We talk to the team next. All right, Charlotte Sports Live continues. Everyone wants to talk about Bryce Young, but the defense has really stepped up lately, and you can see the pieces coming together in Ajero Avero's new 3-4 defense. The scheme is impacting one key player in particular, and he talked with our own Will Kunkel earlier this week. Hi, Yitor. Everybody's talking about Bryce Young, but also everybody's talking about on your side of the ball, who's going to be opposite side Brian Burns? How's that playing into how you're approaching training camp, and how do you see this opportunity? I just go out there with the mindset every day that I'm going out there to compete for that spot. Um, you know, until somebody tells me, you know, it's mine, and that's just, I got to go get it every day. Um, I know there's a lot of guys in there scratching and clawing for the same thing, so we all want the opportunity. Do you read everything online? Do you read everything people say? Because it, it goes from everything. Yitor could be a pro bowler. Yitor could be out of Carolina at the end of the year, depending on what he does this year. How, does, how do you balance the human side of this? And it's also your work, and you're trying to produce every day. Yeah, I mean, you know, I go out there, and I just try to be the best version of myself. Um, so, you know, I know what I'm capable of, and I believe in myself. And, you know, I don't read everything, but I do read a lot. And, you know, that stuff is just the motivation for me. You know, I want to go out there and prove everybody wrong. What's it like with Marquise out there in that battle? Do you guys have a friendly battle or do you guys hate each other? <laughs> nah, I mean, that's my brother, you know. So we know we're competing for the same thing, but at the end of the day, you know, there's only going to be one of us and, um, you know, may the best man win. What are you trying to learn now in training camp in this new defense, a new position for you, kind of like a dropback linebacker, also going after the quarterback? What's different for you and how do you try to win a job and learn a new position? Uh, it's... You know, it was kind of challenging at first, but, you know, you just got to buy into it, you know. Um, so not getting tired of the process, continue to learn, continue to watch other guys, um, and continue to be critical of myself, you know. Um, you know, Coach Tim and those guys are, you know, just as hard as me as anybody else. So um, they're great for me, um, and, you know, I'm dedicated, you know, learning and being open to this change. What have you learned most about yourself throughout this process so far? I know it's early. Mm -hmm. And from your, your new coaches about what you need to do to get better to be that guy? Um, just that, you know, I can learn from anybody and um, it's just being patient. You know, I'm not going to, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. You know, I'm not going to be perfect one day. Um, only thing I can do is stay committed to, you know, getting better every day. So, um, you know, doing stuff that's uncomfortable is, you know, part of life, and I'm taking it, taking it in. 
that ping pong table was a lot of fun last year. I don't know if it's going to be in this year. You guys, you and Brian and a lot of guys played a lot of ping pong. Did you guys play in the off season? And where do you rank against Brian? Against Brian? Yeah. That's not competition. I'm. You could ask anybody, actually. I'd probably say I'm the second or third best player on the team. Is that out now that Christian's been traded? Cause it is now that Christian has been traded, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he was one. <laughs> if you don't have ping pong table, what's the game you guys are going to play now in the locker room? Uh, if it's not ping pong, probably cards. You know, guys love to play cards. Um, other than that, you know, shadow box, um, <laughs> childish games like that. But, you know, anything to entertain. Finally, what's the difference this year in camp compared to the last couple of years with the new coaching staff and, and the, the vibe around here? Uh, just the new energy, you know. Um, you know, a lot of last last season, um, there's a lot of guys who've been here for a while, um, so things kind of get repetitive in that way. But now everybody's, you know, you just feel that energy from everybody. Everybody wants to be great. Everybody's being pushed, um, and that's just what comes with a new regime. And uh, those guys have brought the energy as well. So, you know, Deuce never stops talking, and um, my position coach brings the energy every day. So, it's been fun. Man, we appreciate your time here on CSL, brother. Appreciate you. Guys. I appreciate both of you guys. Back here to talk about the resurgence of Charlotte FC. Uh, if you remember, the crowd was having no luck picking up wins in MLS play. But since a mid-season tournament began last month, it's been playing like a completely different team. The boys in blue, a perfect 3-0 in League's Cup play, and are now preparing for their round of 16 matchup at Houston tomorrow. While pleased, head coach Crystal Latanzio doesn't seem surprised at all about his team's recent success. He says there's been consistency in the lineup, and that has helped big time. Sometimes to play together for a few games helps the the you know the the bonding, but also to understand uh, what kind of uh, distances you need to have with your teammates in order to support him at his best if with the ball and without the ball here's hoping the best is yet to come kickoff coming up tomorrow at 9 30. we have tons more from spartanburg coming up including this fresh off a stint with the Bengals, tight end hayden hurst settles the debate once and for all is charlotte or cincinnati the real queen city and Michael Jordan is gone. The Hornets' new bosses are officially here. We'll get to know them coming up on CSL. Oh, our producer Nick, he gets me. He knows I like jerseys, so he knows I like this graphic. This is the color coordination for what the Panthers, they're going to wear based on the game day. The Panthers wore white eight times. Got to love that stylish white. Black seven times. You're always looking cool in black, and they're so cool in blue. That's going to happen uh, two times this season. Those two in blue, unfortunately, both on the road, so you won't be able to get to see it in person. Both in Florida. Actually start the first five games in the white unis. No word on if we'll see that black helmet make a comeback this season. Well, there's no doubt the Panthers have long needed help at tight end ever since the great Greg Olson departed for Seattle. General Manager Scott Fitter may have finally found someone to bring stability to the position, though. Carly Gephardt went one-on-one -on -one with Hayden Hurst earlier this week. 
We are here with tight end Hayden Hurst right now and hopefully he can be a big playmaker for the Panthers this year. We saw you make a couple of pretty good catches today. What do you think about the first full day of back in pads? It just feels right. Um, you know, all the stuff leading up to it is really just to get your legs underneath you. Um, it's not really football in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, just about getting in shape and then today is really, you know, where you kind of separate yourself. So making plays today is the most important thing. As soon as pads come on, like I said, it just separates the, the players. Coach Wright talks about taking the good with the bad, and we certainly saw both of those things on the field today. Kind of how do you assess your performance when it comes to the offense? And, I mean, a lot of these guys are, I mean, everybody's learning this new offense, right? Yeah, you just have to attack it like a period at a time. You know, you can't look too far ahead. I know it sounds cliche, but that's how I look at it, you know. Because, I mean, there was periods today where I was messing stuff up and, you know, I had sloppy footwork when it gets hotter. Um, you just have to have the ability to play the next play. Uh, again, as stupid and cliche as that might sound, it's yeah. true. Um, just focus on what's coming up next. You know, if you have a bad play, who cares? Got to move on. And the good thing about this offense is there's a lot of talented players, a lot of versatility on the offense. But Coach Wright talks about how he really wants to kind of hone in on everybody's talent. What do you think you add to that tight end room uh, over maybe some of the other players because they all have their own talents as well? Yeah, it's a really it's a really well-rounded room. You know, we've played really well off of each other these first this first week of camp. Um, we all complement each other really well. You know. Ian's a big, strong guy. He's fast in the, in the pass game, too. Tommy's twitchy. Sully's a mismatch nightmare. Gio, he's awesome, too. He gets in there with the run game and the pass game. You know, we all kind of have our own little spin on this offense, but we all bring different things, like you said. You know, as far as just, you know, this is year six for me, you know, playing in bigger games, you know, with Cincinnati last year, hopefully bring a little bit of experience. Um, and just like my tempo. Uh, that's how I've always prided myself and how I personally think that I separate myself. Uh, just from any tight end in this league is just tempo and relentlessness, and that's kind of what got me paid. So, Coming from Cincy, a pretty good fan base there. You got to experience a little bit of that, a taste of that on Saturday, back yep. together Saturday. What do you think about Carolina and the fan base here? And certainly, I mean, they're yelling behind us right now. Yeah, it's really cool for me, you know, because this is where I went to school, you know, right. kind of back in my college area code, so to speak. So, you know, for as much Carolina Panther blue that I'm seeing, there's a lot of garnet too, which is really cool. Queen City, Cincinnati and also Charlotte. Which one's the real Queen City? <laughs> Charlotte, I mean, Cincinnati, it's great. It's a, it's a diamond in the rough, so to speak. Yeah. Um, Charlotte's pretty nice, way, way bigger, more spread out. Um, I love both cities, but I'm excited, like I said, to be back in this area. And I was talking to you off camera. We, I have long hair, I have big hair, you have long, big hair. Yes. Are you embracing the heat in Spartanburg? Or, like, how does that work right now? That is why my hair is tied up about 95% <laughs> of the time. If it's not wet, it's hot, and then it gets poofy with the humidity, so I feel your pain, absolutely. Yes, I should probably have my hair up as well. Thanks, Hayden. Thank you. I don't know what you're talking about. Both hairs are looking good there for both of you guys. Let's uh, switch gears to the Charlotte Hornets. We have entered the void of the NBA offseason, but that has not been the case for Buzz City. Their new owners were introduced on Tuesday, Thursday, and as Taylor Young reports, a plan for the future is already in place. A warm welcome to the Charlotte Hornets new owners. Gabe Plotkin and Rick Schnall, both with ties to the NBA. Plotkin has been a minority stakeholder in the Hornets going on five years. Schnall, a minority owner of the Atlanta Hawks since 2015. I do not play basketball like Michael Jordan, but we share the passion for basketball. While fresh to the Charlotte sports team, both have high hopes for the franchise and the Queen City. We think there's been a lot of growth here 
uh, and the city's really booming. You know, we think ultimately, you know, this is a top 10, 15 franchise in the NBA in terms of attractiveness. Charlotte has not won a playoff series since 2002 and has never won an NBA championship. The co-chairs admitting winning does not happen overnight, both promising to invest in player development, recruitment, and the facility the team plays in. This facility is going to be dramatically different two, two years from now, three years from now. Uh, it will feel different. It'll be a great experience for fans. One fan in particular has joined the new ownership group. It's a dream come true for me. North Carolina native and country singer-songwriter Eric Church went from performing in the Spectrum Center to helping run the team that plays in it. They were looking for some, some local people that love basketball and, and had a, a shared sense of community, which I think is really important, you know, um, and that's, that, that's what I'm at least trying to bring to this. In prior seasons, fans have shared frustrations over the ability to watch games on TV. The Hornets are currently under contract with Valley Sports, which filed Chapter 11 bankruptcy back in March. Despite the concerns, owners stressed viewing their team will not be an issue. There will be a place to watch the Hornets. We, we think it'll be Valley Sports under the terms of the contract, but if not, we will have alternative plans. And that was Taylor Young reporting. Upgrades to the arena are expected to start this summer. On top of revamping the Spectrum Center, the co-chairman said they also plan to build a standalone practice facility. That could be good. Up next, we got two proud Louisiana boys talking some football. Our own Gabe McDonald has a chat with former LSU wide receiver Terrace Marshall Jr. More CSL on the other side. Ah, always a serene sight. Gibbs Stadium under the lights. It's going to be a peaceful day out there tomorrow. No practice in the schedule for the black and blue, but the work resumes on Tuesday. And we have been waiting months. I mean months to say this. It's officially game week for the Carolina Panthers. Preseason game number one Saturday afternoon against the Jets. But before we have kickoff, we have one more week in Spartanburg. Let's check back in with Carly Gephardt and Gabe McDonald. All right, we're going to continue to talk about the offense right now. And we've seen Carolina have a pretty strong run game in the past couple of seasons, but that's really because their stars have been on the running side of things. Now we're getting into the wide receiver room. We're seeing a little bit more passing. And we heard Austin Corbett today talk a little bit about this and just how really the offense is complementary of one another and how they're really going to be able to do a lot of things because they're going to be good at both the run and the pass. And that's what you want to see because you got to run to set up the pass. If you have that, you're able to set up the play action game you know taking those shots down the field that's what you want to see and even though Corbett is on the sideline he does have an interesting perspective on how things have been going so far in camp. The beauty of this offense is you get the true marriage of the run in the pass where everything's going to look the same to a defense right but it's, it's not going to end up that way and so I think our guys have really kind of understood just spreading it out actually helps us run the ball that opens up the field for us creates bigger run lanes and so I mean yeah we can we can go jumbo package and and Put all the bigs out there and run it down the run downhill, but it's also, I mean, why not make it easy on yourself, spread it out and create some more run lanes and just be an athlete and go get the job done that way. 
And, of course, a lot of that starts with opening up the run game, and that starts with the passing game. And you talk about the, the wide receivers. We mentioned some of them earlier, and a lot of them are projected to have really a standout year. One injury update, though, wide receiver Demir Bird. He is out with a hamstring injury right now. Not really sure how severe that is, but the good thing is, is there's quite a bit of depth in that wide receiver room No, right it's now. very deep. And I think when you look at week one, we're going to have an entirely new skill group if you count receivers, tight ends, and running backs. Everybody's new, but one holdover who could get into that top three is Terrace Marshall Jr. entering his third year in the league. I got to catch up with him earlier today after practice. Let's get one of the members of the Panthers wide receiver room, third year receiver Terrace Marshall Jr. Obviously these first couple years, some setbacks, but it's nothing new to you. Going back to high school, injured your senior year, some injuries in college. How have you been dealing with that and how have you, you know, kind of weathered the storm this time around? Because it's something you're kind of used to by now at this point. Uh, I just say, man, uh, all glory to God, you know, for me, allowing me to be in this position, allowing me to be healthy. Uh, he the reason I'm here, you know, uh, being able to play at this uh, level that I'm playing at today. So just give all the glory to him. Uh, just continue to take it one day at a time and uh, take care of my body. And just take me through this offseason, you know, just a fresh start for you, I feel like. And this is something that you think could benefit you. How have you seen yourself grow? How have you seen this receiver room grow? Because you guys have a lot of new additions as well. I've uh, seen myself grow a lot, you know, along with this uh, receiver room. We're getting better every day, you know, uh, just building that chemistry with uh, Bryce and Andy and the other QBs and uh, just continue, you know, to uh, – just chop wood, you know, every day and uh, just getting ready for the season. And you mentioned Bryce. You're a guy. You've had great quarterbacks your whole career, going back to high school. Your boy Justin Rogers, Joe Burrow, now Bryce Young. What makes Bryce Bryce, and how has it been to work with him so far? Uh, he's uh, special and unique in his own way. You know, uh, every day, you know, he got his own tendencies, you know, and uh, just he ready to come out here and work every day, you know, with the same attitude. Uh, he's a bright smile, you know, every day, and uh, he's a great leader. So, uh, just looking for you know to compete and uh, contributing to help this team get wins. And then going back to the receiver room as well, getting the guy in there like Adam Thielen, a, a veteran that's been around the game. He's pretty much seen it all, done it all in the NFL. What have you you've been able to learn from him so far? Uh, learn a lot, you know, uh, off the field and on the field. You know, uh, just continue, you know, to come in every day with your head on right and uh, just attacking each day like it's a game day. Uh, it's pretty much you know the motto for our receiver room, and uh, I, I just feel like that's the way you get you know get better you know as quick as possible. And then coming off the last couple of years, you know, definitely not the start to your career that you wanted. Do you feel like you maybe had an extra chip going into this year, knowing that you have a little bit more to prove? Uh, most definitely. No matter what I accomplish, I'm always have a chip on my shoulder, you know, uh, just coming from where I come from, you know, uh, just trying to be that leader that I am to continue to do that and uh, just give hope to the kids, you know, back at home that uh, to let them know that you can succeed. And, of course, going back home, you had, you know, the 318 takeover back at home, you know, guys like Tredavious White, Dak Prescott, Devin White, all the guys putting on for the 318, man. Just what was it like for you to get back home and to be able to give back to the kids? Oh, it was beautiful, man. You know, to just be able to be in that position and uh, be a light to, you know, the kids and even the grown-ups, you know, in our area. Uh, just uh, looking forward to, you know, having part two of that and uh, just continue to – let that, you know, uh, continue to be going on for years to come. And you got a fellow Tiger in the room with you now, DJ Chark. I know he left before you got to LSU, but what's it like? Because I see you guys, you know, putting in a lot of extra work, talking a lot. How's that relationship been growing, and how do you guys really feed off each other? Because it seems like y'all have some really healthy competition in that room. Oh, yeah, man, we go way back. You know, even when I was in high school, I used to go visit LSU, and uh, we were real vibe together. So, you know, it's just a blessing, you know, to be around the guys that's in the receiver room and uh, just looking forward to compete with them. And when you look at year three, visualize what year three looks like for Terrace Marshall Jr. Uh, man, just taking advantage of every opportunity and uh, just uh, just want the world to see me and know who I am. It's obviously good to see him have that mindset, you know, going into his third year. He's had a chip on his shoulder for a while, but, you know, that's nothing new to him. He's been able to weather the storm, and he's having a good camp so far. I think he's a guy that 
you know, we all have looked at like, hey, he needs to have a big year. He's put, he's taking that weight on his shoulders, and he's putting in the work right now. But I think it's going to be, you know, they have healthy competition in there, and it's really yeah. good to see with all those guys in that room. The biggest thing with Terrace too is just the size that he's put on yeah, in the offseason. Again, yeah. he's like a fast wide receiver, but he's also a big body, and we've talked yeah. about the importance of that uh, in Carolina for mm. them to have that because they haven't had a guy, you know, in that tight end position. So to have tight ends like Hayden Hurst, but then yeah. also to have a wide receiver that can go long and really lengthen the field for you. That's going to be a huge key for Terrace Marshall's success this season. And now, Gabe, we get to see them one more day. Tomorrow they have an off day, but on yeah. Tuesday they're back at practice again in the morning and then it's it's rest until yeah. the Jets get here, right? Jets come on, come Wednesday, on Wednesday and yeah. Thursday morning and that will be the final practice before the preseason game on Saturday. But some excitement because these guys, yeah. I mean, you know this, they're ready to hit some they other people. They want to see somebody else. Yes. They definitely do. And I think, you know, it's touching on those receivers. You got one of the top cornerbacks in the league coming in and Sauce Gardner. I cannot wait to see him come in. He's, I mean, iron sharpens iron. We all know that in sports, so I think they're all going to make each other better. It's going to be good to see them in those one-on-one matchups and even the Panthers' DBs against their receivers. So I think that's what you want to see, but these guys, they're tired of going up against each other. They haven't really been doing much live tackling outside of what we've seen so far, and, you know, obviously there might be, you know, some some punches. Thrown. <laughs> I mean, you know, and plus Hard Knocks is coming too, so yeah. I mean, there might be guys putting on show for a You never know. It's going to be fun. I cannot wait because that's always, I think you get more out of those joint practices Absolutely. than you do out of those preseason games, honestly. Yeah, because the cameras can't roll in certain yeah. times when you have right. your playbook maybe exposed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Coach Reich, though, said he does not like the fight, yeah. so maybe we can keep those to a minimum. But I know Hopefully. the guys within the locker room, they feed off of those a little bit. And we were talking about the wide receivers, but our crown tonight, not go, it doesn't go to a wide receiver, but it's going to go to a coach. And yeah. you got the exclusive video on yeah. that. We got to show you that in a little bit later, Mike. That is some aggressive foreshadowing right there. I dig it. Uh, hey, despite what this teleprompter says, it is too early to talk about the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, we're going to do it anyway. And uh, at Vegas, they're really not feeling the Panthers right now. Plus 7,000 odds to do it. That's worse than the Saints and Falcons. But winning the NFC South, that is a different story. It's not too early to talk about that. In fact, I asked NBC Sports legendary writer Peter King Who's his favorite? That division is totally up for grabs. It's, I don't know, I'm thinking of actually picking Atlanta, a last to first team, because I, I just really like all their offensive weaponry and the fact that Arthur Smith now has had more than two years to sort of put his imprint on this team. The whole question about the Panthers is how quickly uh, Bryce Young can be competent to very good in the NFL. I think he's going to succeed, um, but as Bill Parcells once said, often said, probably says it every day of his life, they don't sell insurance for that stuff. Nope, not in the NFL. We got more exclusive stuff coming from the Berg, including a former App State star trying to find a home in Carolina. Undrafted Cam Peoples talks about defying the odds with Gabe McDonald next. Who doesn't like to see this? College fall ball has begun across the nation and here in the Carolinas. Up in Boone, App State head coach Sean Clark getting set for his third season on the sidelines. He is a wide open quarterback competition after the departure of Chase Bryce and needs to figure out. The Mountaineers also need to get back to a more familiar record, which means more wins. Last year's App State team finished six and six and it was the program's lowest win total 2014.
you're going to make mistakes throughout a season, but again, we're not going to look back on last year. It's a new team. It's a new year, and uh, we'll address it tonight in our, our first team meeting tonight. But you know, I think our players uh, have taken ownership. Coaches have taken ownership in this. Uh, this is not a rebuild. It's not a reload. Uh, we're we're going to reset this thing and to get it back where it belongs, where we'll always be, where it'll always be. Like that fight, App State projected to finish second in the Sun Belt East Division behind James Madison. Well, you know the Mountaineers wish Cam Peoples was still donning the black and gold, but the running back, of course, now in the NFL and currently on the Panthers roster. He's hoping to still be there when the season starts. Gabe McDonald went one-on-one -on -one with the Rook after practice yesterday. Well, let's get one of the members of the running back room here on Charlotte Sports Live. We're joined by rookie Cam Peoples out of App State. First off, first training camp. Take me through the ups and downs, how things have been going for you, how you've been adjusting to life in the NFL so far. Uh, it's been good so far. Um, you know, I've been adjusting pretty well, just kind of just trying to get to the tempo, the speed of things. You know, it's a lot faster, um, but it makes you a student of the game. So it's one thing I truly appreciate. Um, you know, ups and downs. It, it comes with football. Uh, you have good days, bad days. You know, I, the, the the key is just staying consistent and, you know, just trying to, uh, you know, show these coaches that, you know, I belong here. Um, I know what I'm doing and, you know, I'm going to give my effort, you know, no matter the circumstances. And, of course, I mean, you obviously had a great career at App State, but coming into the league undrafted, did that add maybe a little extra fuel to the fire, maybe make that chip on the shoulder a little bit bigger for you? I definitely did, you know. Um, you know, I've always played with, like, a chip on my shoulder, you know, coming from a small town in Lamba, Alabama. Um, it's, just, it's just how I, I was raised and how I came up, you know. I've always looked at it as just overcoming adversity. And that's one thing, you know, about me is just uh, I lean into my faith really heavy and just, you know, let go and let God. So, um, you know, it's just what I would look, like to be drafted, yeah, it's, you know, it's part of every kid's dream. But, you know, still to get that phone call from the Panthers, you know, uh, and just coming down the road from Boone, it was – really best case scenario for me and made me and my family super happy. You know, I'm blessed to be here. So let's go back to rookie minicamp. You were the only running back on the practice field, <laughs> only one in the meeting room, obviously dealing with Deuce Staley. What was that like for you? Intense. Yeah. <laughs> it was very intense. You know, the only running back taking a lot of reps. But I, I used that opportunity to show the coaches, you know, whatever you need out of me, I, I'll do it. Um, you know, I, I'll be tired, but, you know, I, I'm going to push through. I'm going to find a way. And, uh, you know, learning from Deuce is, is, is picking up on that intensity and what he brings to the table every single practice. You know, he always talks about war, war, going to war. And, and, and to me, like, it, when, he when he talks, it's like he strikes fire. You know, I look him dead in his eyes, and it's like a passion. Like, he, he, he coaches with a passion. He loves on you. He gets on you. But it's, it's, it's everything that I wanted in a coach. And then you obviously, you know, being a more bruising running back from what we saw in college, what do you feel like you personally, what do you feel like you can bring to the table to this running back room and to this team in general? You know, I bring intensity um, in the run game. I'm, I feel like I'm very physical. I know how to find holes. I know how to create yards after contact. And um, that's something I'm looking forward to. You know, um, I definitely want to bring that to the table. Uh, I also want to be more versatile and, and get out in the pass game. I feel like you know, I've done I've done a decent job at that, and I'm getting better at that every single day. But I just want to I want to be a complete back. Um, but when it comes to short down short down yardage and all that good stuff, you know, I feel like I'm I'm one of the best in the league at it. And you have obviously some vets in that room as well, guys like Miles Sanders and of course you know Chuba Hubbard, guys that have been in the league for a little bit. What have you been able to learn from them uh, as you've just grown into um, grown into being a rookie here? See, one thing about you know Chuba and Miles is they they approach it so calm. And, you know, you can lean on them for information and, and, and just how to go about day-to-day. -day. It's more than just on the field, like off the field. You know, I watch how Chuba take care of, care of his body. You know, how Miles, he, uh, he just understands the game, how he, he, how he moves. 
And not even that, you know, Spence and Heem, they, they've been here a little longer than I have, so they kind of know what it's like to be in this system. You know, and I've leaned on those guys, and, they, and they're, they're like, you know, my brothers, older brothers. I can look up to them, and, you know, when I need something, they got me. And I, you know, I got their back, too. No doubt. Of course, obviously, QB1, uh, Bryce Young, you know, obviously coming in, top overall pick. What have you seen from him? You know, how have you seen him take command of this offense and also this team, too? You know, he does it with such a calmness and such a swagger, and it's easy to get behind that guy. He's so smart. He dies. You can tell he knows the playbook. You know, he does. He did an install with the entire offense. You know, he pulls the offense to the side. He kept us after practice one day just to go over some stuff. And, you know, that kind of stuff you can lean on with a QB like that. You know, and for him to come in and do it so poised and so under control and with a swagger, yeah. it's just like you would think he's played for years, yeah. honestly. But, you know, it's, it's so cool to be around that guy. He's such an easy guy to talk to. A lot of people rooting for Cam Peoples, myself included. Biff Pochi, meanwhile, has made his presence known to the Queen City and to the American Athletic Conference. So they've talked the talk. Now it's time to walk the walk. More from 49ers fall camp after the break. All right, staying in the college ranks, the Charlotte 49ers were in a part of the major realignment news this past week, but they will play in a new conference this season. First year in the AAC under first-year head coach Viv Poggi. And speaking of first, Grace Grill was at Charlotte's first practice on Friday. Honestly, I couldn't sleep last night. It was like Christmas Eve. Charlotte football hit the field Friday morning for the first official fall practice of the Biff Poggi era. Today I told the players I've been at 40 of these, 40 opening deals as a player and a coach. Uh, of camp, and this was the best one I've been at. There's a lot of hope for the Niners this season as they make their debut in the American Athletic Conference after winning just three games last season in the CUSA. I don't know anything about last year. Charlotte made 52 new additions to the roster this offseason with key starting positions up for grabs. I mean, it's a competition for a reason. It's built to, you know, push you, you know, iron sharpen irons at the end of the day. So, I mean, it's a, it's a strong team, a good quarterback group, a good room, you know, so every day, you know, you got to come with your best. We flew around today. Uh, it was good uh, ball today. We played a good ball today. Uh, we did everything Coach, Coach Posey expected us to do. And Poji also expects that all success this season will be by committee. If you're going to bring in a lot of good players, you got to be prepared to play a lot of good players, right? You can't, like, play one guy in a position. That's ridiculous. It's almost as ridiculous as the Niners being picked to finish last in the American. We, we get that message. Thank you. With Vegas giving them an over-under of two and a half wins on the season. And then the guys in Dallas really helped us. Right? They really helped us. So we want to thank them. Sending them all fruit baskets. Everybody motivated because everybody knows we got a tip on our shoulder. Everybody down us right now in the college. So it's a, it's a big tip on our shoulder. Charlotte opens up the season Saturday, September 2nd against SC State. Every day matters, but 15 days count. With the 49ers, I'm Grace Grill for Charlotte Sports Live. Grace turning our attention to baseball. Atlanta is going to take the rubber match at Wrigley against the Cubs. They lost yesterday. They came out looking for revenge today. Matt Olson, that's number 39 for him this year. Second best in the league. It was nothing Atlanta. Cubs would battle back and in the fifth. Took their first lead of the day. It's off this RBI double from Cody Bellinger. He went two for three today for his third straight multi-hit game. Chicago back up in front 4-3. We go to the ninth. Atlanta down two and down to a last chance. Trying at the plate here. Travis Darno not able to make any magic. 
6-4 final. Atlanta now heads to Pittsburgh for a four-game series starting tomorrow. Well, both of our crowds tonight go to members of the Black and Blue. Find out who earned Charlotte's top honor next. Thanks, Mike. Yes, our crown tonight is a special one. It's one that you got over the weekend, and yeah. we said it involved a wide receiver room, but it go doesn't go to a player. Yeah, it goes to old school. They call him <laughs> Sean Jefferson. So I was watching practice on Saturday, and I see a guy get into full gear. I mean, he's wearing a blue. The offense has been wearing white. I'm like, who is this in this blue jersey? Who's getting suited up? And I look up. It's Sean Jefferson. He's got the, you know, he's got his pad on coming right. down. He's laying hits. He's putting some people on their backs, too. I mean, he's 54 years old. I mean, he obviously had a good career in the league. His son, obviously, Van Jefferson, who's in the NFL right now. But to see that out of your coach, I mean, Coach Frank Reich said he's one of one. He said how much he loved him and how, how much Coach Jefferson loves his guys. And this is what you want to see. A guy who gets into it. I mean, he's still walking around here with socks up to his knees and the cleats. Like, he's ready to go every day. Definitely worth the QC crown. And he's been a big addition because we talked a lot about, you know, Ajero Averro, Deuce Staley. Sean Jefferson is really getting the best out of the receiver room, and I think it's going to make a big difference on the field this year. I love that, and just the staff that Coach Reich has put together here in Carolina. Mike, can you beat that for us tonight? You know, I actually think I can, even though the Panthers have been very busy in Wofford. They've always made time for their fans. In fact, last two days I've had some special visitors from Levine Children's Hospital. That's 11-year-old Easton Brown, who currently is suffering from a brain tumor. Over yesterday, he was all smiles after meeting Bryce Young. Said later, it was the best day of his life. Easton Brown, you are my crown tonight. No practice tomorrow from the Panthers in Spartanburg, but we're going to be there. CSL all over it. Have a good night.